Let's go from the ministry of the word in baptism to the ministry of the word preached. And let's first read a summary of the meaning of the first request of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be your name. We're studying the Lord's Prayer in our afternoon services. And we come to the second request of the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be your name. And if you turn in the back of your songbooks to page 894, we have a summary of what the Bible means by the request, hallowed be your name. What does that mean? What are we praying for? What did Jesus teach us to pray for? Page 894. Hallowed be your name. What does the first petition mean? It's question and answer 122. Hallowed be your name means help us to truly know you. To honor, glorify, and praise you for all your works and for all that shines forth from them, your almighty power, wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. And it means help us to direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Lord, I want my life to lead others to praise God, not to curse him. Hallowed be your name. Let's turn in our Bibles to Psalm 72. Page 573. Psalm 72, of Solomon, give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. As you can see, we're not talking about Solomon, but about Jesus. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. 
May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be an abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon and may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. And now considering the first request of the Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him and all nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Beloved congregation of Jesus Christ, we're studying the Lord's Prayer under the theme of 1 Peter 5 or 7, cast all your cares or burdens on the Lord. Why? Why cast all your burdens on the Lord? Because you, he's your heavenly father who cares for you. He'll take that burden and he'll go with you and he'll provide everything you need and he'll rescue you. Cast your burden on the Lord. What burdens? What burdens? Maybe I want an easy, problem-free life. Oh, Lord, please give me an easy, problem-free life. Is that the burden he wants? Oh, Lord, I used to be able to do one vaca two vacations a year. Now I can only do one. Please give me two vacations, and it'd be best if I could go to Disney. That's a burden for me. Is that the burden we're to cast upon the Lord? Oh, Lord, I didn't get as much of the family inheritance as my brother did. That's a burden for me. Please give me more. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Does that mean first world wants? Does that mean everything I want so that I can continue a me-centered life? Cast your burden upon the Lord. Jesus taught us what burdens to give to the Lord. The burdens are listed in the six requests of the Lord's Prayer, and they cover really all the burdens any Christian could ever have, real burdens. Hallowed be your name, the burden of the hallowing of God's name and the coming of his kingdom and obedience to his will and of daily bread and forgiveness of sins and protection from the evil one. These six burdens cover everything the millions and millions of needs, true needs we have. And what's the first and most important burden that we are to bring before the Lord? Hallowed be your name. 
the burden to see that my life and the life of others bring glory to God's name. That's what we see in baptism as well. Baptism, Helen and Evka, is a blessing. God gives you his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a great blessing. God puts his name on Jonah and says, Jonah, you're mine. You're my property. He did that to you too, Helen. You're baptized. Did that to you too, Evka, right? You're baptized. Anybody who is baptized, God has put his name on you. What a blessing. And it's a burden. Now help me to live up to that name, to glorify that name, to trust that name. We want to see three things. We've received God's holy name as Christians. We've received God's holy name. Secondly, we're called to exalt God's holy name. We must pray for that. And thirdly, we must pray that we would promote God's holy name to the world. Promote that name and lead others to honor and praise him rather than curse him when we live the life of a hypocrite. We receive God's holy name. Jesus taught us to pray because we don't know what to pray for on our own. Left to ourselves, we would do all these first world me-centered requests. Lord, I want an easier life. Lord, I have this pickup truck and it's sufficient, but it's really that one that I want. Please give that to me. We don't know what we should pray for. The book of James tells us our two greatest problems in prayer. Number one, you do not have because you do not ask. We don't ask. That's the first great problem in prayer. The second one is you ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so you may spend it on your own pleasures. You ask for the wrong things. Lord, show me what my real burdens are that I need to be casting upon the Lord. Show me what my biggest issues are, my greatest needs, and my family's greatest needs, so that I can cast true burdens on my Heavenly Father's shoulders, real burdens, so I don't pray in vain. And the biggest burden is that God's name be hallowed. Jesus said, that's number one on your prayer list because that's the biggest problem you deal with and that I deal with. To hallow means to treat someone or something as holy. Treating God's name as holy. Honoring God's name, exalting God's name. Jesus said, that needs to be first on your prayer list that we learn to hallow God's name in our lives, in our talk, our walk, our understanding of God. And that our children also learn to hallow God's name. Help me to exalt the name of the Lord. Help me to lift up the name of the one true God. And that's Solomon's final call as he describes the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his great dominion, and his love, and his gentleness, and his care for the poor. Now he gives his life even on the cross. It's hinted at this psalm. But what's the 
the final call. May people be blessed in him and all nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Jesus is a great name. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is a great name. You know the biggest problem right now in our lives and in the world? That we don't see the greatness of the name of God like we should. We don't know that name like we should. Our knowledge of the Bible is so small. And we don't glorify the name of the Lord like we should. Things are running smoothly and then suddenly something bad happens at work and we forget the name of our God and we might even curse that name or act in a name, act in a way that curses his name by mistreating a family member or a, an employee or an employer or a teacher at school or a student. So Lord, help us to truly know you. The catechism summarizes it well. What does it mean? To throw upon the Father the burden of wanting to glorify his name. Help us to truly know you, to honor, glorify, and praise you for all your works and all that shines forth from them. Help me to praise your almighty power, your wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. Jesus is saying that's the biggest problem we face and the biggest need we have. It's not carbon taxes. I do have my opinion on that, carbon taxes, but that's not our greatest issue. It's not that the leaves need to be raked up from our lawn still and they're sitting there hurting the lawn. That, that might be an issue in your yard, I don't know, but that's not the biggest deal. It's that God's name and God's glory and God's works and God's centrality are not getting the attention they deserve in my life, in my mind, in my prayers. And my life is way too small. It's too much about me and how I feel. It's about my felt needs more than my true needs. And the same is true for my children. And for my neighbor, we put ourselves at the center and the great name of God gets marginalized, forgotten, rejected, even despised. And that's what we mean by the blessing and burden of baptism. The blessing of baptism is we receive God's name in an official way, covenantal way. God attaches his name to us. I am your God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are written on our lives with water. God's putting on his stamp of ownership. You're mine. I'm yours. He's identifying himself with us. These are my people. This is my family. What you see in the Bible too, God puts his name on those who believe in Jesus and their households. Listen to two instances in Acts 16. Lydia became a believer. Maybe the first believer in Philippi. And she and all the members of her household were baptized. God put his very own sacred, precious name on them. Lydia. 
And then again in Acts 16, the Philippian jailer became a believer. And he and all the members of his household were baptized. God gave them his name. They received his name. It was stamped on their lives. We're the property of the triune God. If you're baptized, God has put his name, his precious name on you. And suddenly the prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, takes on that much more meaning like, I've got your name written on me. Lord, you put your name on my daughter, my son. Help us to know you. Help my son to know you. Help us to glorify, praise you, and worship you, and to honor you for all your works. What a blessing to be given that name, to become God's own possession, but the burden of baptism is the same as the blessing. The blessing is the name of God. The burden is the name of God. That's our greatest burden is to hallow the name that God has given to me. To lift up that name all the time. Never to curse that name. To, to degrade or insult or reject or blaspheme that name. And today also... Ipkan Helen, God has placed upon you a double burden for Jonah. First is the burden of teaching him. That you be faithful in teaching him the meaning of that name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one true God, Jonah's creator, Jonah's savior. By your instruction, by your example, and that we'll all be faithful in that. To teach God's name to my child. To show him God's glory as Savior and Creator. I love this prayer in Psalm 71. Listen to this prayer in Psalm 71. The psalmist prays, Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come to come. That's the desire of this saint, uh, of a dad and a mom. And grandpas I see sitting here, and grandmas, and great-grandparents. Listen. Listen to this desire. This is the burden of God's name. Don't forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. Give me a chance, Lord, to pass on the glory of your name to my son and grandson and great-grandson. Let me do that. That's the burden. That's the burden that he places on us. I glorify God's name, but I also want my children to. Listen to, we'll sing this song after, afterward, but Psalm 145 verse four, David says, one generation shall commend your works to the next and declare your mighty acts. We'll sing, parents tell your children. 
And in Ephesians 6, Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then Paul adds, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I have a a burden in my discipline and instruction that that be in the Lord and I be passing on the Lord to my son, my daughter. So that's the burden on us. The first burden of a parent, help me to teach my children the name of God in all of my life and in my example and instruction. Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite where I say you must follow the Lord, but then I don't follow the Lord myself. I like what Moses said or God says to Israel in Deuteronomy 6. When he gives them the word, says this word must be on your heart. Then he says, teach it, teach it diligently to your children. First, it must be in our hearts. Then we must teach that name of God diligently to our children. That's the first burden of a parent. Help me, Lord, to hallow your name by teaching my child the name of God in all my life. To take them to church so that they learn to worship God and they learn to set aside the Lord's day. Help me to teach him to pray, to teach him Bible stories when he's young, to give him a Christian education, to surround him with the knowledge of the true God. I want his life to be completely saturated with the knowledge of God. The second burden of a parent Help my son to learn God's name, to trust God's name, to accept that, believe, that name with a believing heart. Baptism can't save you. The water is not magic. We're not superstitious that when Jonah got that water, suddenly his son's sins were washed away. No, baptism is God saying, Jonah, I'm your God. And as you grow up, Jonah, you need to accept me as your God. You need to embrace me with a believing heart. You need to trust in my son Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you and change your life. You need to pray to grow in all the fruit of the Spirit. That's the second burden of a parent. I can teach you God's name, Jonah. But only you can give him rebirth, give him or make him be born again so that he believes. And it becomes real in his life. And then he carries on the name Christian, not just a name, but in faith and deed. And you know, as parents, we have this great confidence that when we cast that burden of the hallowing of God's name, Upon our heavenly father, he hears us. Let us always pray and never give up. And when we pray, we talk about the power of prayer and there's a place for saying that, but never put the confidence of your prayer in your prayer because that will lead to despair because our prayers are never perfect, are they? 
As we said last week, we need the blood of Jesus to wash our prayer, prayers clean and the Holy Spirit's power to, to translate them and bring them in good order to the Father. Never trust your prayer. Don't put confidence in that. Well, the power of prayer is that it goes into the presence of the God who hears prayer, and he's the power of prayer. He's your heavenly Father, who is both almighty and altogether loving. Give it to him. You may be struggling with a child right now in your life, an adult son or daughter, a teenage son or daughter, or a tweener, or a toddler even. This child is so strong-willed, I don't know if we'll ever get him to believe and obey the Lord. Well, you won't. But your heavenly Father can. So cast that burden that not only you, but your child hallow God's name. That's the first burden. That's the first burden to cast on the Lord, said Jesus. That's the top priority. God wants to hear about that from you. Give that to him. Ask him to reach in your, your life and your child's life and save you by his word and spirit and change you and make you God's true and faithful child. And to live as the property of the one true God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to be God promoters in everything we say and do. Again, God forbid that we should live in that hypocrisy where we wear his name, but don't live his name and don't teach his name. If we don't commend his great name and his great works to the next generation in our words and deeds, Jesus said it'd be better to have a millstone hung around your neck and be dropped to the Atlantic Ocean than mislead his little ones. Oh God, help us to hallow your name. And rest in the Father to give you all that you ask in faith. And that leads to one more burden, the burden of promoting. Promoting God's blessed name to the world. You noticed how Solomon prays that Jesus the Messiah, his glorious name will be blessed forever and the whole earth will be filled with his glory. That's an amazing prayer. Solomon, who's still in Old Testament Israel, a little plot of ground in the Middle East along the Mediterranean Sea, as looking forward to a day when God's son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, will rule all the nations and all the nations will call him blessed. 
and all the nations will look for their blessing in him. And all the nations will exalt the name of God. That's his prayer. And that's the burden too, to lift upon the Lord. It's not just me, Lord, and it's not just my family, my children. But there's a world out there that is blaspheming the name of God that doesn't know the name of God. That's not hallowing God's name. That's not honoring the name of the one true God. And we cry for them and we plead for them. We talked about that this morning with the hordes of Satan surrounding the camp of God's people in the last battle, God's beloved city. These are all the folks that hate God, do not want to follow Christ, want to live for themselves. And fire will come from heaven and destroy them, cast them to the lake of burning sulfur where they'll be in torment forever and ever. Don't you want to see people from those hordes saved and brought into the camp of God's people and become part of his beloved city? Of course we do. So we pray, hallowed be your name. I want to honor your name in the name of your son, Jesus. I want my kids to do that. My grandkids, down. Remember Abraham's missionary children also look out and say, and I want all the nations to do that. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. People pray to idols. They don't know the true God. They don't see his works. Doctors perform eye surgeries, but they don't honor the one who made the eye. Teachers teach grade school or high school. They teach math, but they don't know the God who made the math that made the world. People sit at their table and eat pumpkin pie, but they don't praise the God who made the ingredients for the pie or gave the skill to someone to make that pie or the ability of our bodies to digest and enjoy that pie. And then pie eating becomes vanity because the name of God is not in it. And people serve as kings and prime ministers and presidents, but they ignore or defy the God who put them in that place. And they reject his laws for ruling the nation. And farmers harvest crops, and they don't stand amazed at the beauty and glory of God in producing that crop. Oh, God's name is being so dishonored and blasphemed everywhere. And Jesus said, let that be your heaviest burden to bring to the Lord in prayer. The need for you, your children, and your neighbors to the ends of the earth to hallow the great name of God, to know him, worship him, praise him, and honor him in everything we do and say. It's a prayer. It's a prayer which raises before God the burden that we would all be witnesses and all ambassadors of the name of God to the ends of the earth. Make me an agent of your name that leads others to honor and praise your name. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 
And so we say in the catechism, and it means help us to direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. We want others through us not to blaspheme God's name, but to honor and praise God's name. We want to be instruments, agents, ambassadors of their salvation. Brothers, and sisters, this is a prayer for witness and evangelism for missionaries and missions. Let's cast upon our Heavenly Father the burden of a world that doesn't know the name of the one true God and doesn't glorify His works. And let that be our prayer and our burden. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are taught to cast our burdens upon the Lord. And as Christians, we feel in our own lives the heaviest burden there is. That people don't know you. They don't don't glorify, praise, and worship you. They can't see you in their daily work and in their daily bread. And they're lost Lord, we don't ourselves see you like we should and hallow your name like we should. And then there's a burden of our children. We want them to hallow your name. Thank you, Jesus, for putting it clearly in front of us what the biggest issue is, the biggest problem, the biggest burden to place before you. And then help us to put that on your shoulders. Our own lives, the lives of our children, our neighbors. As the God who hears and who cares and who answers prayer. To do that in that confidence that you are a heavenly father. Lord, indeed, may all the nations know the name of Christ and bless that name and be blessed in that name. You have put your name on Jonah. Put your name on all who are baptized here. Help us to honor that name first by believing in you and then exalting you and living for you. In Jesus we pray, amen.